Hey everybody, chances are you are right now on your couch in your pajamas drinking some coffee, and that is great. And what's about to follow is a message of hope and a challenge for us to live differently through this time. I know that there's a lot of distractions, so feel free to turn off your notifications or get a refill in your coffee right now while I'm still talking, because we find ourselves today in unprecedented times. The rules and the security of the life that we had just a few weeks ago have vanished. And many of us are quarantined or we're self-distancing, physically distancing, and, and many of us are still going to work outside the home or, or trying to make it work inside the home. And in one week, we've learned some really valuable lessons. I mean, NBA players and teachers both can't go to work. And parents, we are now very clear on which one should be paid millions of dollars, aren't we? <laughs> I, heard, I heard one parent say, well, homeschool's going great. I had two students suspended for fighting and the teacher was caught drinking on the job. And teachers right now, I, I mean, you can't wait until the next parent-teacher conference, can you? Because every time you bring the parents in and you tell them how their child behaves, they go, uh-uh, not my kid. They would never behave like that. And right now, those parents are getting a very good education on just how their kid behaves in school. And so parents, the next time you go to a parent-teacher conference, don't bring your defensiveness. Just bring a bottle of wine and say thanks. But we've had some, some very big lessons in the last week. Because life, life has changed a lot, hasn't it? Completely. Our grocery store workers, our, our medical professionals, our first responders, the people out there that just keep us functioning are our heroes right now. So many things have changed and it's happened so quickly and dramatically. And, and that's what's hard about this. The uncertainty about what's gonna change next. None of us fully know what's coming. And that's a hard place to, to live in. And so I wanna talk a little bit today about how we get through this time without losing our minds our hearts, or our faith. I've talked with a lot of people over this past week, and everyone is dealing with their own ups and downs of, of, of fear and faith or, or anxiety, and, and, and many with just sheer panic. I was in the paper just yesterday speaking about this, and here's what I said. I said, we're currently facing two issues. One is a virus, and the other one is fear. And I have found that fear has a higher contagion rating than a virus. And the hard part is, while the scientists have, have talked to us and told us what wise practices we should take for the virus, we really haven't been given any wise precautions for the fear outbreak, have we? And that's what we need during this time. Not just distancing ourselves from the virus, but, but distancing ourselves from the anxiety. And so while we wait for a vaccine, <clears throat> there's something we can learn from this pandemic of panic. And that's this, that there's a vaccine for fear and it's faith. Whew, that, that, that sounded really good on paper, doesn't it? But how, do, how does that help me tomorrow at 2 p.m. when I've just got done reading my third article that tells me the sky is falling? I mean, if faith is truly the vaccine for fear, what do I do when I'm laying in bed at night, unable to sleep, going through scenarios of, of what if? What do I do? How do I find faith when I'm watching reports and scenes from other countries that look like horror shows? Or when my financial future is just going down? What do I do when it all seems so overwhelming? And that's where I want to begin right now is discussing a few things to keep our mind on through this. Because it's important to be intentional with what we choose to focus 
in the midst of a crisis. And here's something to write down. During uncertain times, the greatest thing you can do is focus on what is certain. When everything is suddenly changing, focus on what is unchangeable. When life is all variables, find the constant. So, so what is certain now? What's unchanging? What's, what's constant? And first of all, when it comes to disease and pandemic and epidemic, there's, there's the Sigmund or, or the bell curve that goes up and it comes down. It always does. This is, which means this, this is going to last a season, but it won't last forever. The certainty is, is that this is going to end. We're going to get through this. And in the meantime, we have some wise ways to walk in. I mean, there's, there's things the scientists and authorities have told us are best practices. Physical distancing yourself so we can flatten that curve and protect the hospitals from being overwhelmed. If you're over 65, if you're vulnerable or you have a pre-existing condition, it's wise for you to choose to stay at home. Quarantine yourself if you've been exposed. Wisdom says don't go spreading that around anymore. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, avoid crowds. But you can focus on the certainty that this season's gonna pass. This will be over. We're gonna get to the other side of this. And, and, and more than that, Orchard, I'm talking to you now, we're gonna get through this as a church family. And, and if you're out there listening to this, you don't have to go through it alone. We've got people to help those who are vulnerable or who are in need. And we're going to stay connected as a church community so that on the other side of this season, our faith in God is stronger and our sense of unity and community is stronger. This won't last forever and we're going to get through it. So what else is certain throughout this time? And remember, when all hell is breaking loose outside of you, heaven can hold firm inside of you. And one of the greatest things you can do through this time is to keep your focus on God and His peace. In all the variables of pandemic, look to the constant of God. Now, these constant certainties we're about to go through are going to seem very basic to you. But here's the reality. When chaos breaks out, when chaos breaks loose, we don't need complex principles. We need to find an anchor. We, we are being shaken by fear right now, and so... It's time to go look at the basics that we already know and, and see if we're even standing on them. Now, constant certainty are things that we need to remember in the fear and chaos. And here, here's one of them. And this is going to seem basic, is that God loves you. <laughs> Romans 8.35, it says, Can anything separate us from God's love? And they list some things. Can anything separate us? Can trouble or tragedy or oppression or hunger or losing everything? Or if we're in danger or threatened with death? Like, can, can that separate us from God's love? Does it, mean we're, does it mean we're not loved? And the answer in verse 37 says, No, despite all those things, despite trouble and tragedy, losing everything or pandemic, despite all those issues, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And more than that, the writer, inspired by God's Spirit, says this, In fact, nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears about today or our worry about tomorrow. Not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation, nothing can separate you from the love of God revealed in Christ Jesus. So what did we focus on first? The constant certainty that God loves us. And this means that it is left 
you and none of this means that you, this means that his love has not left you and you're not alone in this. The scary part is we think, well, then why is this happening? Well, our, our world is broken. Our bodies are broken. I mean, I'm over, I'm over 40 and I can admit I am not the uh, perfect physical specimen that I used to be. Our society's broken. Our weather's broken. Hurricanes, earthquakes, and volcanoes. Th- these aren't just modern problems. These just didn't start in the last 10, 20, 50 years. The world's been broken for a long time. Death is broken. I mean, if, if life were perfect, there would be no death. We left perfection long ago. So broken things happen in a broken world, which leads to the next constant certainty that no matter what we go through, God is with you. And you need to remember this basic truth as you go through this, that God is with you through the good times, the bad, on, at the wedding and at the funeral, when it's fun and when it's afraid, God's with you. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, do not be afraid for I am with you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you safe in my powerful right hand. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6. Take strength and be full of courage because God will be with you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid and don't panic. For God will personally go ahead of you. He will never leave you. He will never abandon you. Here's what I know. When times are good, these verses are kind of nice. We we like to pin them and like them. We even go to Hobby Lobby and we buy them and we put them up on our, our wall to accent our house. But when times are bad, when hell breaks loose, these verses aren't accessories. They're necessities. They're not accents. They're anchor points. And for some of us, these verses that may be hung on our walls need to be written on our hearts. So during this season, if I were you, I would, I would write verses of God's constant certainties, of his presence, of his love, all over your house. Your bathroom mirror, I mean, sticky notes on your computers and your shelves, right on your kids' foreheads, whatever it would be, your lock screen. Fill your home with reminders of the constant certainties of God's peace and presence. These verses needs to, need to go from accessory to necessity, from accenting our house to anchoring our heart. Constant certainties. God loves you and God's with you. Nothing separates you from God's love and God made a vow. He's never going to leave you. And what's interesting, in, in all these foundational truths, when we, when we look through this, we get a, a heavenly perspective. And, and perspective is very important. Perspective is how you choose to view your own life. It's how you view the storms of life. It's how you view God. A perspective has a lot to do with what you choose to keep your heart and your mind and your eyes focused on. So a good question to ask, where do you look when the storm hits your life? Where do you look when it hits? Because if your gaze is on the hardship, if it's, if it's on the worst case scenario, if you're just staring at all the what ifs in the future, there's not going to be any peace. There's going to be a lot of anxiety. But if in this storm, you can steady your gaze on God the Father, His peace, His presence, it changes everything. When our hearts focus on God, on God, our life gets a buoyancy that keeps us from sinking down into the anxiety. 
And this soul buoyancy, you may even know people right now who are going through this who have some sort of internal peace that doesn't make sense. And they're not minimizing things. They're not denying things. They know the reality, but there's something different within them. They're going through hell, but they are clinging to heaven. And for you, you have an opportunity in this storm as well. Where will you look? Look to the fear, the anxiety, the storm, or look to God and his peace? What you look at in the storm changes everything. We go to Matthew 14, and let me paint a picture for you. Jesus had been teaching. He's been teaching the crowds all day with his disciples, and they plan to return across the sea to where they came from. And he sends the disciples on ahead of him, and he stays back to get some time alone to pray. And late at night, we find these 12 young men in this little fishing dinghy. Our our teaching last week was also a storm in a boat, different storm. The disciples find themselves in the middle of the sea, trying to get across. And some of them are fishermen, but these young men and this boat, they were not intended to be out exposed on the open sea. This is kind of a coastal fishing boat. The wind starts howling. The, The waves begin to swell around them. Soon the waves are crashing against the boat and then over the boat. The spray from the wind and the waves is is, is matted their hair, and there is no below deck to escape to. They simply sit there huddled in the middle, soaked to the bone, and you know they're frightened. I mean, drowning is a, a very real threat, and there's that lore from their culture that at the bottom of this sea was the underworld, and so they have this very real danger looming over them, and the panic of the what if, worst case scenario. It's similar, to last week, it's similar to last week's teaching, but, but Jesus isn't in the boat with them. Remember, he, he's back there. So they're anchorless, they're leaderless, with a real threat of death upon them and the fear of the unknown underworld below them. And all around this storm howls. They are frightened and they're afraid, just like us. You know, we have a re- very real danger going on around us and, and a raging storm of panic threatening within us. But here in Matthew 14, something happens. We have Peter, he's the disciple, who's, he looks up and he sees that there's something on the water. In the, in the storm, he sees a figure walking towards them. Now, he can't believe his own eyes, so he, he asks the others what they see. It's, they agree with him, they see something. As if the wind and the waves and the storm wasn't enough, now there's something haunting the sea. In verse 26, one of them cries out, it's a ghost! And then it says they all cry out in fear. I mean, one person gets panicked, creates this narrative, and now everyone's freaking out in this boat. They're all experiencing this terrifying reality that seems to just get worse by the minute. And then the figure speaks over the storm. Take courage. It's me. Don't be afraid. And Peter bold-hearted Peter. He says, if that's you, if that's you, Lord, tell me to come out onto the water. (laughs) Tell me to come out onto the storm. And his rabbi, Jesus said, come. And so Peter locks eyes with his Savior. His hands trembling from cold and and the fear grip the side of of the little swaying dinghy that he's on. And he gingerly puts one foot out of the boat and then the other one 
And miracle of miracles, as Peter is focused on the face of Jesus, he is standing on the water while the storm furiously rages around him. And as he looks, he sees a smile break out on his his Savior's face. And a smile breaks out on Peter's face as well. Peace floods his body. I mean, he takes some steps, marveling in the impossibility of the whole thing. He's able to peacefully walk in the storm while the others are panicked behind him in the boat, huddled together. His eyes locked onto Jesus. Peter could not believe what was happening. The ability to to, to be at peace, to, to walk on the waves of danger, to walk over the fear, that's supernatural. He knew this was not his power. He was resourced and held on solid ground of the divine. But then it says that Peter got distracted and he saw the strength of the wind. He he took his eyes off Jesus and began to look around the madness of the storm. He he saw the waves, how dangerous they were. And then below him, the, the, the underworld, he saw the wind blowing and spraying around him. He took his eyes off his Savior and he put his eyes on the storm. He took his eyes off his Savior and put his eyes on the storm. Before His God was his focus, but now the chaos had his full attention. And when he took his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink down into it. And he cried out, God save me! And immediately, Jesus caught him and pulled him up, and the storm calmed. Now, I don't have to paint you a picture of the storm that we're in right now. It is a storm of epic proportions, global. The howling wind of rumors and what if the crashing waves of all the constant reports and horror stories, the downpour of physical and financial and and social uncertainty. And here we are in our small, trusty boat. That's our security. The life we've been building for ourselves is now being tossed around like never before. But you see, despite the fear and the worry, you can walk through the storm with peace and wisdom. Like when you decide to get out and walk in faith, the only question is, what do you focus your mind and your heart and your eyes on? What do you look to? You see, because if I keep my gaze on the flashing lightning of fear and the winds of rumor and the the waves of uncertainty, I'm going to sink into the panic around me. And maybe today that's where you find yourself most often. Maybe you're treading water, barely afloat, just exhausted mentally, exhausted emotionally, frightened in spirit. And you thought that consuming more information would bring you peace, but it only spiked your anxiety, didn't it? And today, maybe you need to call out, God, save me. I mean, right now, maybe that's what you just say, God, save me. At some point, maybe you need to to cry out to God, with the same level of emotion as the fear you've been failing. Let your God save me rise to that level. When fear consumes you, call out in faith. You see, right now we have a whole world of people staring at the power of the storm. And you'll never have peace like that. When the storm hits, the question is, where do you look? If we can keep our heart and mind and gaze on Jesus, we will find solid footing to walk through the storm 
even while our culture is screaming. In fact, right now, remember the constant certainty that God is, is with us in this? Remember that constant certainty, God's with you? Well, where is he? Where's God? Have you looked up from the frightening videos to look for him? Have you looked up from the future financial uncertainty to, to, to find him? Have you looked up from the constant stream of clickbait, wind and waves, to look to Jesus? Because right now, this second, and every second, he's with you in the storm. In any trial, find and look to Jesus. In any storm, look to Jesus. And this is why it's important to know what you're most often looking to. I, I hold in my hand a, a remote and a Bible. Now, this one brings me a constant stream of doom and fear. I'm not talking about the useful information that, that, that leads to wisdom. I'm talking about the other 95% of what's on television about all this stuff. You see, we're in a storm. And when I choose to set my gaze on what this offers, my chest begins to tighten. <clears throat> I feel like I have a little bit of a cough. I feel the wind of, of what-if scenarios begin to, to bloom on my horizon. What if this happens? What if this happens? I feel dread begin to crash against me in waves. This leaves me with what this offers me. In my other hand, I hold the Bible. And while, while this only compounds my uncertainty, this one gives me certainty and solid footing. When I choose to set my heart and mind on what this is, I feel my spirit loosen. I feel my throat erupt in worship. I feel peace begin to wrap around me like a blanket. You see, this leaves me with what this offers me. I can focus on uncertainty or certainty. I can focus on the changing or the unchanging. I can focus on what's shaking around us or what's stable in heaven. I can focus on the crashing of the waves of this storm or I can focus on the calm of my Savior. I can focus on the, the howling winds of the culture or I can go to the one place where it's always stable, always secure. You know, through this time, you can focus your gaze on the storm or on the Savior and you will find what you're looking for. So the choice is this. Which offer are you going to partner with through this season? Imagine the future, right? Imagine a good future where this is resolved and we're gathering back together again and, and we can hug and celebrate and, and we, can, we can touch our face again. Remember that? Your faith will either be stronger and more mature on the other side of this or it's going to be shipwrecked. I mean, this time is clarifying for our faith, isn't it? It's easy to say we trust in God on the beach with a corona in our hands. The test comes when I'm on the couch with corona at my door. The test comes when the storm is here. And our faith has been revealed this week for many of us. And maybe you've seen your faith and you, you know it needs to be stronger in the storm. We get to choose what we partner with. Am I going to partner with, with, with fear? Am I going to partner with faith? Am I going to walk in peace? Am I going to walk in panic? 
Am I going to choose to make my decisions out of wisdom? Or am I going to keep making decisions out of worry? You see, no one ever went to the store and bought 60 rolls of toilet paper out of wisdom. (laughs) And wisdom may also tell you to put down the remote and pick up God's word. Wisdom calls you to soak in his presence instead of soaking in those things that are making you so anxious. When it comes down to it, what are you looking at? What is your gaze fixed on? Fix your gaze on God. In the storm, find Jesus, find his presence, and fix your gaze on him. David was facing incredible hardship in the Bible, and he said this in Psalm 16, verse 8. I keep my eyes always on God, and I will not be shaken. Isaiah 43, verse 2, God says, When you go through deep waters, we're in that now, I'll be with you. When you're on the rapids of difficulty, that's us, you won't drown. When you walk through the fires of life, you won't be burned up or your life consumed. Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3, David again says, God is our safe place. He's always present. He's always a help in trouble. So I will not fear, though my life is shaken and I go through the storm. You see, through God, we can overcome this season, the panic of it. So remember, this is just a season. It's going to end. But but you, you don't have to suffer in anxiety and panic and fear as you go through it. It matters more than you ever know what you set your gaze and your heart and your mind on. Colossians 3 says, set your heart and minds on things above. So here's your challenge this week. You have more time on your hands than you've had in the past. And so you get to choose what you're going to partner with today and tomorrow. And maybe this week it's time to start looking at where hope and peace and love find their headwaters. Maybe it's time to start investigating and pursuing God's presence, God's word, God's people. Maybe this week you finally get serious about what you've always said you were serious about in faith. It's time to seek God now more than ever. It's time in the storm to look at his face, to pursue his presence, to be found and rooted in his word. I pray his peace would be with you. I love you. I'm praying for you. We're going to get through this.